Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Bear Necessities podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be going over some of the news that came out this past week relating to Matthew Stafford on COVID-19 reserve, CJ Mosley opting out, and Ryan Pace saying he feels full support of the Bears organization. After we go over the weekly news topics, we're going to be getting into Mitchell Trubisky's offseason improvements as reported by Matt Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky himself. After that, we're going to look at some potential trade candidates for the Chicago Bears and then six total breakout candidates for the Bears in the 2020 NFL season. But before we get into the show, I want to give you guys a quick couple of updates. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just type in our podcast name into YouTube or click on the link in our description and go ahead and subscribe to our channel. We're releasing a ton of exclusive content on YouTube and then it's also just a great way for us to interact with you guys. You guys can comment, like our videos. And hey, while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Chicago Bear Necessities, where you can reach out to us there and tell us what you like about the show or if you want to suggest a topic, whatever that may be. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week and enjoy the rest of the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Bear Necessities podcast. Reese, it's uh, 6.30 a.m. on the day that we are planning on releasing this podcast, and I couldn't be more tired. (laughs) Yeah, it just seems like it's a product of the times, right? Just uh, with how this summer has been, especially this past couple of weeks, we've uh, kind of had to be creative in how we're doing things. So uh, here we are bright and early and uh, trying to get this podcast done. Yeah, exactly. And it's probably, honestly, the first time I've woken up before 7 o'clock recently. So uh, yeah, if you guys don't believe that we care about you, uh, just uh, know that we are waking up at 6 a.m. to make this podcast. Um uh, yeah, and man, I've been really busy with school, and I'm I'm in online classes right now, and just whole bunch whole bunch of stuff. I know you're working today, so you know everything. We we do what we have to do to get this podcast on. But today, we have a ton of great topics. And but first, the very first thing we want to go over is the news of the week. We actually have a ton of news, and this is gonna be a new segment that we kind of do on every single episode, where it's just the news that came out over the past couple of days. Obviously, we do this podcast two times a week, so it's not gonna be the weekly news. It's gonna be you know over the past couple of days. So the first one is Matthew Stafford is on COVID nineteen reserve list. This means that he either has contracted COVID-19 or he's been around somebody who has close contact with the virus. If you're a Lions fan, are you concerned at all, Reese, about this? I think uh, you're, you know, you're a little bit concerned. I'm sure that, you know, we're still a little ways out from the season. So he has plenty of time to, you know, at least, you know, remove himself and, you know, get over the virus if he has it or, you know, whatever remove himself from the people that he needs to remove himself from so he has plenty of time for that i think the biggest takeaway in my eyes from this is just that i think this puts all the other nfl teams on notice as in you know your starting quarterback can go down at any time and Mm -hmm. get the get the virus and you're going to be left you know having to manage without him so i think it's just going to be a reality of this year is that this is something that's going to need to be managed and something that's going to need to be you know is worth an eye keep like worth keeping an eye on. Yeah, and I obviously hope nothing but the best for Matthew Stafford. Even though he is the Lions' quarterback, we beat the Lions four times in the past two years, even with him. So I could really care less if he's the quarterback or not. Um, but not I, I, obviously, we should all pray for the health and safety of every single player in the NFL because that's ultimately what's going to not only dictate um the actual you know if the nfl is played but it's also going to dictate the outcomes and you you know you want a fair outcome it's never fun to see teams heavily injured or just things out of their control so um ultimately with matthew stafford though i don't believe that he will be on the list for that long i saw that artavis pearson which is another piece of bears news actually got lifted from the COVID 19 reserve list so he's back on the active roster after really only being on there for, you know, a couple of days, I don't know exactly what, how, like how strict they are with this reserve list. Like what, like how, what's the contact you need to come in with? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye on regardless. But another piece of news that came out this week, CJ Mosley, you know, obviously Jets inside linebacker, you know, very well-respected linebacker, played for the Ravens for a while, got a massive contract, I believe, just a year ago. He's opting out of the 2020 NFL season. That's going to be a massive hit for the Jets. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting because it seems like a lot of teams, it, you know, when it boils down to, it seems like the Bears got very fortunate with just uh, Goldman opting out. Uh, I mean, you look at what's going on with the Patriots where now eight players have opted out of next season. Um, Which is or, scary. You know, in the case of the Jets where, you know, C.J. Mosley just opted out, who's obviously a big piece, like you said, just signed a big contract. You know, a very proven linebacker in this league and... You know, the linebacker position, you know, of course, the edge, you know, outside linebacker has, you know, been very, um, the importance has only rise over the past few years. But, you know, as far like inside linebackers, like their importance is kind of, you know, it's not quite as marketed or marked as well. So I think it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch and see how that impacts the Jets over the coming year. Of course, the Jets too, um, Brian Winters, just uh, there's news that he's mm. going to be released, their right guard. And I know that there's some speculation about the Bears possibly, you know, if they should go out and get them. I don't think there's anything saying that they will. But, you know, just some of the analysts saying, that, hey, like maybe this is something that the Bears could use. Of course, they already, you know, I feel like I guard they're somewhat okay. But, you know. Yeah, we obviously – Definitely need some more talent at that position. We have a Fetty, we have Spriggs, but nothing really proven at this point. Obviously, we've talked extensively about how we have high hopes for a Fetty going back to a position where he's more comfortable. And, you know, obviously the guard position is a lot less technical, a lot less advanced than the tackle position. So, uh, obviously, some high hopes from him there. And I know Juan Castillo has voiced a ton of support for him. So, you know, if Juan Castillo likes him, then, you know, I'm willing to defer to him. But ultimately, I think that we should continue to add to this offensive line as you, I feel like you always should, especially when we have this cap relief from Eddie Goldman. So, Brian Winters, absolutely. I know he obviously, you know, had a little bit of a performance dip and towards the end of his uh, year with the Jets. Um, but, just really anything at that position would be probably an upgrade. And it was such a monstrosity last year that I just have no faith in it currently. So absolutely, Brian Winters, if we were to pick him up, it'd probably be a really cheap contract and I'd be excited to bring him on. But in other news, Ryan Pace, a little bit of news coming out from him. He was quoted saying that he feels the full support of the Bears organization. And not that he would say, you know, anything different, but it is a little bit of a, you know, I don't want to say bold statement, but more of a reaffirming statement for a GM to come out and say it directly, you know? Yeah, in a way, I think it kind of almost just like sets up the media, you know, he's kind of saying that, hey, this is the feeling that I get from inside the building, you know, as far as like rumors of, you know, this and that, what could happen, who's on the hot seat and all that. He's kind of just trying to squash that and kind of put the focus back on the team, I think, a little bit what it feels like to me, you know, making sure that the focus is on the season ahead and not really necessarily anyone's, you know, position within the organization and that, you know, he feels secure. And even though there's been, you know, bubbles of, you know, disdain for what he's done, I think especially a lot of that tied up to the Trubisky performance so far you know i think that pace i think you should feel comfortable though i think you know as you and i have talked about a lot over the course of the podcast he's done a lot of things right he's made a few mistakes but what's gm isn't yeah exactly and i think the hard thing with ryan pace is just his first couple years as a drafter and we talked extensively about this topic in a previous episode, I believe it was called Should Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy Get Fired? You guys can go back and check that out if you want more extensive talk on this. But pretty much a lot of Ryan Pace's issues stem from his first couple years as being a GM. It was, the you know, obviously the Kevin White. It was the Leonard Floyd and the Mitchell Trubisky. Everything since then. And to be fair, we have not seen him make a first round pick yet. Everything since then. And a lot of to that point, there were still a lot of players, a good players drafted, a lot of good players added in free agency. Ryan Pace has really been spot on with most of the moves. And he's a very, I would say, realistic GM. He really understands what the team needs. And that just, you know, that even gives me more confidence in him. I think that Ryan Pace should should not be fired. Even if Matt Nagy gets fired, even if we get rid of Mitchell Trubisky, I want to keep Ryan Pace because I trust him as a GM. And I don't think that Bears fans remember just how bad it is to not have an okay GM. 
You know, I don't, th- if you don't have a good GM, your team is horrible. And, and we, I believe, I believe we have a good GM in Ryan Pace. Obviously corrected a lot of his mistakes this past offseason. Letting go of Leonard Floyd to replace him with Robert Quinn, I think is a move that not many GMs would have made. And it was a very realistic move bringing in Nick Foles just to compete, you know, with Mitchell Trubisky. I, I think it's a, I think that was a great move as well. Ryan Pace has really been understanding of his mistakes and it seems like he constantly gets better from them. I think that this this year could have been his one of his best drafts, even though he didn't have a first round pick. Yeah, I mean, you brought up the point. You know, I think Bears fans forgot what it was like under the John Fox era when Phil Emery was here, or <laughs> Jerry Angelo during the Lovey Smith era, where you know the Bears could not buy a good draft pick. It didn't matter where in the uh, where in the draft at all. They just were drafting poorly. Had a bunch of aging vets on the team, and you know. Other than hitting on like Erlacher way early on for Jerry Angelo, and I don't think Phil Emery really ever even nailed a Hit pick on anything. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I could, someone could go back and prove me wrong. I'm sure maybe he got a good player or two, but man, I mean, he whiffed. Hey, Kyle you know, Fuller, Kyle Fuller. Yeah, there you go, Kyle Fuller. So, you know, yeah, I mean, Ryan Pace has given us uh, built a team that's far better than what we had, you know, over the course of much of recent bears history. Yeah. And just, I think that we also forget just how tone deaf so many GMs are in the NFL. I mean, I don't mean to, you know, drag the Packers through the mud. I really don't try to get into this whole divisional rivalry stuff. You know, I just, it's, it doesn't make that much sense to me compared to just any other NFL team. You're an opponent to, you just play this team twice a year. Right. But when we look at Brian Gutekunst, he is a tone-deaf GM. He is someone that cannot understand the context of the picks that he is making, I feel like. And he proved that abundantly this past year with drafting Jordan Love and then another replacement player in um, A.J. Dillon and then drafting someone who's probably going to be playing um, a fullback for him. All Those were his top three picks. Joshua Degora, I believe is how you pronounce his name. That is that is tone deaf, you know, 13 and three. And you do that. You're getting rid of one of the best quarterbacks of all time. That is what I would consider a tone deaf GM. Ryan Pace, on the other hand, and I'm not trying to create this like superiority, you know, of Ryan Pace compared to him, because obviously the Packers had a much better season. Now, Ryan Pace doesn't have Aaron Rodgers and didn't get come in with Aaron Rodgers on the Bears. to It makes your job a lot easier. But uh, he he at least is able to understand the context in which he is making these picks. And I feel like that's just a really like a lost art in GM sometimes. Sometimes they're so stubborn and want to continue with their, you know, process that they don't that they don't do that. And I think as far as with Brian Gutekunst goes, this stuff has went back with this Packers regime for a long time. And a lot of people are gonna say, wait a minute, wait a minute, Austin. The Packers, you know, they switched GMs, they they switched they switched their no they, they they didn't switch the regime though. Brian Gutekunst is from the same regime. There's a lot of carryover from their last GM, so it makes sense why there's a lot of the same ideas in the building. When you don't get rid of an entire front office, that tends to happen. I mean, I I don't remember the last time the Bears did something like that, but a lot of the time hires within they don't change the team that much. So yeah, at least Ryan Pace can do that. I forgot who the Bears president is, but he's been the president for a while. I mean, usually they change the spot. What'd you say? Ted Phillips, right? Yeah, Ted Phillips, yeah. So I know people have called for his head when things have gotten really bad with the Bears, but I know he's basically been steady throughout. I think to make a long story short for Ryan Pace, I think that he came in without a lot of experience as like simply a scout from the Saints and with some other experience elsewhere. And... You know, I think it showed in his first couple of years as he kind of struggled to manage everything. But I think with Pace, I think over his tenure with the Bears, he's only improved. And mm-hmm. like you said, learned from his mistakes. So I think that, you know, he's been a more than sufficient GM for this team. And, you know, I expect him to be back next year unless something goes totally wrong this year. Yeah, absolutely. And just one last thing before we end up moving on to, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, one of his infamous picks. Um, Ryan Pace just you talk about him being a scout when he came in that's really his background he was a head scout for the Saints I believe and 
he drafted like a scout his first couple of years. He drafted players that showed promising traits and didn't really fo- follow up with the you know other half of the picture, which was the production. That's that was who you know Kevin White was. That was who Leonard Floyd was. You saw a little bit of a difference in Mitchell Trubisky, but he was considered the sure pick as far as a quarterback goes in that draft. Believe it or not. And then he, I believe after the Mitchell Trubisky point is where he switched his philosophy because he noticed that, damn, I'm drafting good guys in the later round. Why is that? He always, he always emphasized productivity in the later round with also a mix of traits, right? That's what he always did. If you look at Eddie Jackson, right? You look at Adrian Amos, a guy who was very productive, not too, not so much a traits guy, not so much a traits guy. And then Obviously, he follows up that Mitchell Trubisky pick with none other than Roquan Smith, who is a Bears fan favorite. Obviously, has not amounted even to nearly where his career is going to go. But uh, one of the premier inside linebackers in the NFL currently. Um, So ultimately, it is probably just a growth path. But let's go ahead and move on. I think that's all that can really be said about that. I'm excited. I hope that Ryan Pace does stay. I think the Bears organization will be making a huge mistake if we let go of him. Okay. But let's move on. Mitchell Trubisky is supposedly making major improvements. Uh, He believes right now that he has made major improvements with reading defenses. And he has supposedly changed his mechanics for the first time ever. Okay. He believes that he also has made major improvements with defense and footwork. Now, all of this is coming out of a press conference he did with the media the other day. He worked with Jeff Christensen this past summer to make these improvements. And, you know, it was kind of, you know, really blown up by the media. And then later on in later on in the summer, Ted Ginn Jr. came out and said that he will start or he believes he will start. He also has his teammate support. His physical therapist came out and talked about how balancing his off his throwing shoulder that it's looked the best it ever has and that he looks the best he ever has. One thing that came out last week, the training staff has reportedly came to Matt Nagy and commented on just how good his shoulder looks and how good a physical shape Mitchell Trubisky is in. Reese, are you buying any of this Mitchell Trubisky hype? Do you think that he's actually making these major improvements? I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, I'd be disappointed if he didn't work towards improving because I think he knows where, you know, where last season went wrong and how... It wasn't purely his fault, but he, um, you know, but he obviously had to, you know, pick things up on his end in order for this team to get better and knows that this Bears team really kind of sputtered at certain points because, you know, he wasn't really there to pick up the slack. So, I mean, I definitely do buy it. I, I think to a certain extent, I'm sure that he's definitely improved, you know, you know, the whole change in his mechanics, it's definitely a big thing, but it's definitely something that over the course of an offseason he can accomplish. Plenty of quarterbacks do it, you know, before the NFL combine to try to impress, you know, certain NFL teams. So it's certainly something he could accomplish in that window of time. Reading defenses, you know, I'm not sure what kind of like revelation came to him or something or why it's finally making sense to him, but you know, that I'm kind of have to, I'm going to need to see to believe a little bit more to see how he actually reads it in a game period. I think, you know, in camp and, you know, other offseason workouts, it's easy to be like, oh yeah, they really improved, you know, when they're mm-hmm. only having, they only have certain responsibilities and kind of maybe not giving a hundred percent on things. But when you actually walk onto the field and you're playing a defense that's actively trying to scheme against you, you know, I'm curious to see how that plays out. So I guess my answer would be I'm buying some of it. You know, I'm sure on the mechanics end of it, on the health end of it, I'm sure that Trubisky's holding up his weight. Um, I'm just curious to see, you know, where that actual reading defense is the mental aspect of the game, where, you know, Austin, where you and I have said where he is lacking so heavily last season, where that actually is. Yeah, now I'm not going to understate the fact that he obviously had some mechanical flaws and specifically footwork flaws. He had this really, really bad habit of rushing his last last step on a drop back and skying the ball. Because essentially when you, when you miss that last step, your weight kind of falls back and it leaves the ball. The ball leaves your hand at a much, you know, higher trajectory angle than you would think it would. So pretty much it leads to a lot of young quarterbacks, overthrowing which was Mitchell Trubisky's 
you know, obviously, obviously it's flawed in 2018. I believe he fixed it slightly in 2019. And I, I, I do believe that he is working actively to fix that. And I do think that obviously he needed some adjustments to his mechanics. Otherwise, um, working with Jeff Christensen, a really well-respected guy out of the Chicago area. I think that he is probably, we're probably going to see a Mitchell Trubisky who is a more consistent passer in regards to accuracy. Now, my question is, again, kind of echoing what you said, Reese, how much has he improved in reading defenses? How much has he improved in knowing this offense? Because if that is major, that could be huge for this Bears team. If he actually is claiming, uh, if, if this actually comes to, you know, fruition the way it's, you know, being asserted it will, which is Mitchell Trubisky can read NFL defenses now, that's going to be absolutely massive. The, the Mitchell Trubisky is going to be a really good quarterback next year if that happens. But so far, even though he talks about improving with it, even though he says that, yeah, I'm doing better with it. We have no way to actually scale until we see him in an NFL game if he can actually read NFL defenses. And that has been our greatest concern continuously, Reese. Does Mr. Trubisky have the mental side of the game? Physical side of the game is expected to be, you know, obviously pretty flawed. But at some point, you need to see a third year quarterback, well, now a fourth year quarterback going into an NFL season and being confident in his playbook and confident in his ability to read defenses is part of the reason why we saw him make so many damn dumb throws last year. It seems like he probably could have had double the picks that he would that he should he probably had half the picks he should have had last season. Most of his picks weren't these like odd off like receiver tips the ball. Most of them were, hey, I'm throwing him right into the hand of the DB. You know, one play that comes to mind specifically was I believe it was Josh Norman who picked him in the Redskins game when they had some really a ton of momentum. That was just an ugly play. Stuff like that, you know. Another game, another game that comes to mind is in the Dallas Cowboys game when I believe it was supposed to be a throw to Anthony Miller in the back left of the end zone that he pretty much just was, threw right to a DB. It was Jordan Lewis, I think, on the Cowboys that picked it off. I think I know exactly what player you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like a tiptoe in the corner. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. one. So it's one of those things where until that fixes, I don't have a ton of faith in him, but I am buying that he's getting better mechanically. And I am buying that he's probably made some improvements. And ultimately... If all, if everything he says is true, it's the, the, this is going to help Mitchell Trubisky consistently tremendously, and Trubisky might actually again on the contingency that this is true, Mitchell Trubisky might actually keep the starting job for the entire season. Yeah, and I think he can do that as long as he's consistent, and that's the big thing. Uh, you know, in twenty nineteen, he didn't start off that bad. I mean, he had the. No. Injury, which kind of shook him up a little bit, but things just went downhill. And when they went downhill, everything went bad. It it started off more on the mental side, his inability to read defenses, where he started making that mistake. And then he kind of started feeling pressure when it, when it wasn't really there. He was rushing things, and that just really ruined his mechanics. He was throwing... You know, midway through his step, he was he was doing just about everything wrong. He was kind of wasn't really, you know, pointing his shoulder in the right way. His angles were all wrong, and that's just mm-hmm. because over the course of the season, he kind of just started overthinking. He wasn't playing naturally with a certain flow that he had. So he really just needs to play consistently. If he starts off well, you know, maybe he has a bad game or two. That happens. He just can't let that get him down and start feeling all this, you know, pressure that. You know, of course, the media's going to be giving him that, but actually in the game, it seems like sometimes he's feeling pressure from the defense that really wasn't even there. So he can't really let that get in his head, and he needs to keep doing what he's doing, especially if it's working. So I think that, you know, right, if Trubisky's improvements, if this is happening, it's going to be huge for the Bears, and he will definitely be able to retain that starting position over the course of the season if he can make improvements that are that large. Right. The question just becomes, you know, come game time when everything's up to full speed, is this what's actually happening? And as Bears fans, we can only hope so, right? And uh, we're just going to have to wait and see on this one 100%. I do have to say, though, that hearing Nick Foles talk in the press conferences, it makes me like him more and more as a quarterback. He's a very, like, 
well-spoken quarterback. He's very, you know, obviously he he does the politics right with the media. Nick Foles is just a, a, a you know, he's a he's a he's one of those classic quarterbacks, you know. One right. of the guys that John Fox would like, some like a guy that's good with the decent with the media, you know. He's 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 good at quarterback talk without saying much at all. Um, but yeah, so ultimately, Mitchell Trubisky. I have to say that I don't fear him having a bad season. If he has a bad season, it would in a way be expected. What I do fear, though, a little bit, is that he has a good season because if he has a good season then the Bears are going to be really stuck in a, a shitty decision they have to make. They're going to either have to let Mitch Trubisky walk and test the draft and then worry that he might you know, excel elsewhere or choose to forego one of the best historic quarterback drafts in the NFL to ever happen, right? And we are not... we And... and Let's go with Mitchell Trubisky, which could be, you know, Patrick Mahomes situation part two, potentially, you know, right. like you, you, they could pass on a really good quarterback. Um, but let's go ahead and move on. PFF came out and they claimed that Allen Robinson could potentially be traded by the Chicago Bears. So first, could this be a possibility? And then also, what are the other trade candidates that are on this Chicago Bears team? Yeah, I'm gonna I let mean, you start first, Reese. Yeah, yeah, I suppose you know it's definitely a possibility. I mean, I wouldn't deny it. I think I said before that if you know maybe the Bears are having a bit of a down year, but Allen Robinson's having a decent year, and it doesn't really seem like the Bears are going to do much, then maybe if they don't already have an extension in order with him, then they move him to a you know a more playoff caliber team that's looking to add another wide receiver. You know, if the Bears feel like they don't have a future with them, I, I feel like kind of the narrative in the news recently has been though that the Bears are pretty close to reaching that extension with with Allen Robinson. So I don't think that'd be a hundred percent likely. However, I think that someone that could be moved um, first along that offensive line would be Bobby Massey. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the offensive line, you know, the possibility of bringing in someone like Brian Winters. You know, someone like Bobby Massey, who's been on this Bears line for a while, I think, you know, for a certain amount of, for good reason, he doesn't have too much talk about him, he's not really exemplary, he's not, he's never really been the best person on the line, and as you brought up to me before this podcast, you know, he's up for, you know, a $9 million payday, or, you know, a, a decent pay bump in, uh, what the Bears are currently paying him, that, you know, maybe it's debatably whether or not he's really actually worth that or not. So, you know, maybe the Bears try to move, you know, Bobby Massey, you know, who's the right tackle to another team that's looking looking to fill that kind of gap, and the Bears could go out and hopefully get a more cost-efficient solution at that position. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with Bobby Massey, it just makes sense. I feel like if the Bears are having, you know, a down season, getting rid of a payday like that makes sense to me. He's obviously a talented right tackle he's performed well for us but we could definitely improve at that position and you know if we are having a bad season it's time to look to maybe try to retool this offense a little bit so it wouldn't be too bad to move on from him and then try to get a right tackle elsewhere in the future as far as Allen Robinson goes no I do not believe that Allen Robinson will be traded unless he just wants some crazy money contract that the Bears can't provide the Bears struggled to get a lot of consistency from that wide receiver position until Allen Robinson. If you guys don't remember the 2017 season, I can reassure you, you don't want to rewatch it. It was horrible. Um, I think our best wide receiver was Kendall Wright. And then we also had like Marcus Cooper. When a, yeah, Marcus Cooper was our cornerback. Excuse me. I was thinking of uh, Marcus. No, Cameron Meredith got freaking injured that season because Glennon led him uh, in a in a preseason pass against the Tennessee Titans, oh, yeah. tearing his ACL. And then we had, uh, shoot, what's his name, though? The guy that was on the Steelers, Marcus, I don't know. Oh, I, I'm trying to remember. You know I who I'm talking about? Yeah, I can't I remember his about. name. Yeah. Anyways, um, 
We all, I mean, we also had, you know, Tanner Gentry holding down the fort for us out there, undrafted free agent, and Trey McBride. And it was just Bezo. a whole, yeah, Bezo. I think he was injured a lot that year, too. So we, we had a really, really bad, uh, season that year as far as wide receiver play so Allen Robinson has been the first ounce of you know consistent wide receiver play and then obviously we drafted Anthony Miller as well and he's also a great leader it's hard to find wide receivers who aren't really divas same with kind of cornerbacks they're just kind of a position that are really flashy so you tend to get a lot of characters at it and uh but hey I have to say if I like Allen Robinson but I don't like him for 18 million dollars a year and if that's what we have to give them, I think that the Bears look to trade them. But as far as an, as far as another player that could potentially be traded, one player that we talk about extensively on this podcast, who we both believe could be traded, and it's a little bit of a cop out answer, is Kyle Fuller. Yeah, uh, he Kyle Fuller is going to get traded, or he's going to get a pay cut, or he could potentially get an extension. It's really all over the board. He has the most obvious, you know place to look for salary cap space. He has a $20 million payday coming up this coming season. And we could get at least a second round pick for him, probably even more if he's having a good season. He's a very talented cornerback. He made the Pro Bowl this year. Uh, He was an all pro the year prior. And we have a ton of depth at the position. I don't believe that we really, you know, need him to succeed. And I like Kyle Fuller. I think he's I think he's a talented quarterback. I think he's very underrated. But as far as looking at pieces who could potentially be moved if the Bears are doing poorly this season, because in reality, we're probably not going to trade anybody unless we're having a poor season. That's just how it kind of goes. Kyle Fuller is one of the first on the list, and we'd probably get a pretty good payday for him. Yeah, I always felt like, you know, once the Bears picked up Jalen Johnson in this past draft that Kyle Fuller already had a foot off the door in a way. I mean, it is possible, certainly, that he could get an extension. But I think with, you know, the more than likely salary cap cap cut coming, you know, getting rid of Kyle Fuller, either moving him in a trade or cutting him is going to be a good way to cut some cap out. And like you said, you know, in a poor season, you know, you can get some decent draft capital for someone like Kyle Fuller. You probably go out there and make that move because it's just a smart move for your future. Not that he isn't a great player, but the Bears are pretty loaded at that position. So, you know, why not get some some decent return for him? So I 100% agree with that. My other possible trade candidate, and I think this also goes along with kind of the the setup of, you know, it's been a pretty poor season, is Tariq Cohen. And I think that's just because it's a, He's a niche player. I think, you know, you you and I, Austin, really want to see him work out of the slot a lot more than out of the backfield. But, you know, I always kind of felt like Tariq Cohen, I think you and I have always been kind of on edge to see kind of what he asked for in his contract extension. You know, if he asked for a lot of money, it's going to be tough for the Bears to actually, you know, kind of feel like he's worth that. You know, he's Tariq Cohen's a hard person to put a value on. And maybe some contending teams could find great value in him and would be willing to trade, you know, a decent, some decent draft capital or maybe a, a different asset that the Bears could use for Tariq Cohen. But you know, I almost feel like Tariq Cohen's going to want. to, I mean, every player is going to feel like they're worth a decent amount of money, and he's going to want to get his payday coming off of his rookie contract. So, you know, I expect him to go out there and probably ask for a significant amount of money. Are the Bears willing to pay that for someone that they kind of use only in certain specialty packages and, you know, in special teams occasionally? I don't know. That's on Ryan Pace. That's on the Bears' upper management. Um, You know, something tells me if he comes out asking for a lot, the Bears aren't going to be very receptive to it. Yeah, and I think understandably so. Tariq Cohen obviously is a valuable piece to this team. He had a major down year last year compared to his 2018 season, which he played really well in. But he, there are some limitations that come with Tariq Cohen. I think the one thing is Matt Nagy really struggles to understand exactly how to utilize him. And I can't even blame Matt Nagy completely because he is a running back. So you expect for him to have at least some sort of efficiency through the offensive line, like being able to go through tackles. But that's just 
by far not the best way to use Tariq Cohen. And I think increasing his snap share at that position or for in, in those type of play calls, at least, has re- really put a dent on his productivity last year. Obviously, I would like to see him play from the slot most of the time or have him take screens most of the time or, you know, little go routes, stuff like that, catching the ball out of the backfield. That's what he's good at. And I think this year, I'm really going to have to see if Matt Nagy uses him well enough for me to view him as a valuable piece of this team. Because in all reality, he's probably going to ask for, I'm, I'm going to project his contract to be about $6 million a year, which for someone who's a secondary running back is a lot of money for a second running back. $6 million a year is a lot of money for a second running back. It's almost first running back money, you know? Yeah. Number one running back money. As far as a receiver goes, though, that's not that much money. That's pretty on par with what we gave, uh, probably a little bit less, actually, than we gave Taylor Gabriel. So I'm just going to have to see where his numbers come in, but absolutely someone that you look at that could potentially be traded. Someone that I have who, you know... I think that gets overlooked a lot on this Bears team is Roy Robertson-Harris. He's a very talented defensive end. And, you know, it's more than likely that he's going to get a payday this season. And it's not going to be from the Bears because we're just really stacked at that position right now. And there were a little bit of rumors last year that he was being shopped later in the season, but nothing ultimately came from that. And honestly, the Bears, with a trade midseason, they might even be able to snag like a fourth round pick for Roy Robinson Harris, which would be, you know, incredible. I would be very happy with the fourth round pick. It's more than likely probably a little bit less than that. Or maybe you get a fourth and you send out a sixth or some sort of trade like that. It's hard to really say with these trades sometimes, but young player that has showed a lot of pass rush potential. Yeah, you know, I, I do like Roy Robertson Harris, and it would be unfortunate to see him go. I mean, that's for sure. Um, but at the same time, he's someone in this defense that's very replaceable. Um, you know, with just so much talent, you know, Cleo Mack frees up a lot of space for Roy Robertson Harris, which isn't like undoing what Roy Robertson Harris has been able to accomplish or anything along those lines. But he is someone that's definitely going to be up for a payday. He has put up some very good numbers. Uh, and yeah, it's very unrealistic that the Bears would be able to keep him. I think with just you know t- a tightening cap, it's realistically someone that the Bears need to move on from. So you know if you can get some kind of return for him, which I think like you said, a fourth does sound pretty reasonable for you know a pass rusher of that quality for a defensive end of that quality. So yeah, that that doesn't really take me back or surprise me at all to if you know he ended up get, leaving via trade. And, you know, ultimately, if they can't trade him, you know, released. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next topic. That is three breakout candidates. We both made a list of three players. And we're just going to kind of talk through them real quick. This is the last topic of the show um, before we, you know, kind of say goodbye to you guys for what is it till Wednesday and then we'll have another or sorry uh, we'd record on Wednesday it actually comes out Thursday so three breakout candidates the first one I got pretty obvious for me Anthony Miller I think Anthony Miller has been a little bit overdue for breakout season obviously had a better season this previous year than his year prior um, but he really picked up towards the end of the year in the beginning of the year he was not that great And then towards the end of the season, he made most of his money there. So I'm excited to see that late season Anthony Miller throughout the entire 2020 NFL season. And I think if we have an improvement in quarterback play and improvement of line play, it's just, it's going to happen. It's going to be a big season for Anthony Miller. Yeah, I've really been looking forward to Anthony Miller playing. I think that he could be someone that has a monster year. And I, I really want the Bears to use him. I think he's great in the slot, and I think that he can be continued to be used in the slot, but also to be flexed out wide in certain packages. Just kind of scheme him better and get him in some better uh, matchups, and I think that Anthony Miller can absolutely, you know, terrorize defenses and, you know, on deep balls where he's wide open, hopefully get it, you know, somewhere around him so that he can actually catch it. It would also be huge. There's just too many, seem like from Trubisky in past years, especially last year at some points, just too many times where Anthony Miller was wide open and the ball wasn't even anywhere near him. So that needs to change for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that Anthony Miller could be on 
on pace to have an absolutely amazing year. So I'm really looking forward to that. My first one was someone that I've been gassing up for a little bit, and uh, that's Roquan Smith. I think, you know, I'm really excited for him to come out and play this season. I think that he's, just like Anthony Miller, has been due for a, a breakout season. Not that Roquan Smith has not played well so far in his Bears career, but we talked a little bit last episode about how Danny Trevathan really makes it so Roquan Smith doesn't even really have to be that great for this Bears defense or doesn't mm-hmm. really need to have the great stats because both of them as a duo are very good and Trevathan has great experience and is a great tackler. But I think, you know, in this coming year, I think Roquan Smith has a chance to, you know, buff up his tackle number and also maybe get involved on a couple, you know, turnovers, forcing fumbles or, you know, getting maybe a couple picks. So I expect him to be more a dynamic player and someone that's really going to prove his worth in this coming season. With Roquan Smith, what I think a lot of a lot of it what holds him back is just how much we use him in coverage. He's such a talented player that you can pretty much put him in coverage on a tight end. <clears throat> and he can hold his own. And that, that's just the type of player that Roquan Smith is. So he's not going to get all these tackle numbers with someone like Danny Trevathan, who kind of stays near the center to clean up if there's a run play. Um, so obviously he has a little bit of he has a little bit going against him as far as statistically, but as far as having a massive year from Roquan Smith, I truthfully believe it. I believe they said that he had the least missed tackles in the NFL last season. And he's just someone, when you watch him play, you could just tell he's a talented player. Like someone who doesn't watch football could probably see the man play and be like, wow, he is a talented player. Just the way he hits, the aggressiveness he has. And it seems like this offseason, he's the most motivated he's ever been. So I'm really excited to see Roquan Smith improve and play better. Um, as far as the second, my second breakout candidate, I've got Jalen Johnson, which is kind of interesting because it's a rookie player. And you don't typically expect rookies to have huge years, but just the position he plays is such a need for us. And, you know, with J- <clears throat> with Jalen Johnson's ability and his he, his football ready, he's so football ready right now. I mean, that's just the thing that we, that's one of the reasons why we drafted Jalen Johnson is just how ready he is to play the game. With his abilities, he and the defense we have, he is going to have a massive year. He... Even if he, you know, lets up a couple of plays, I could see him, you know, having three picks and just putting, uh, having a really good opposing quarterback QBR rating. Just big year from Jalen Johnson. Yeah, I could definitely see it as well. I think he's been actually one of the more anticipated Bears rookies in a while, which is interesting, especially given that he wasn't even the first pick that they they took with that one being Cole Komet. But I think that Jalen Johnson, he's definitely shown, or, you know, at least it seems like he's very ready to play just right now. Um, and yeah, I think he has, he has great ability to go out there and produce to get, you know, quite a few interceptions this season. I think in the past podcast, you know, you and I, Austin, said, you know, possibly defensive rookie of the year candidate. So expectations are very high. And, you know, for his first NFL season, he could have put up some very good numbers and, you know, really really kind of get his NFL career off to a very good start so I expect that especially playing opposite of Kyle Fuller he's gonna be in some probably pretty good matchups so I expect him to take advantage of that as well as the pressure that this Bears front seven is gonna be getting on the quarterback there's probably gonna be a few ducks that are up in the air some poorly paced poorly placed passes that he's gonna be able to to clean up so tongue twister yeah right exactly so I expect him to have a great year as well i went with another person in the secondary for my second player uh treshawn gibson i think you know he's a player that has talent i think it's kind of understated how good he is on his own he's had some good years down in jacksonville uh most recently Top 100 player yeah most recently with uh the houston texans so i think that treshawn gibson brings a lot to the table himself now when you also adds that equation that next to him, the safety that's going to be accompanying him is Eddie Jackson. I think it's going to give Treshawn Gibson a lot of kind of independence to play that strong safety role exactly how he's going to want to play it. Play it downhill, um, go out there and make some big hits. Also, you know, very good in coverage as well. He's put up some decent interception, decent pick numbers in the past. So I expect him to be someone that's going to flourish in this defensive scheme especially with uh, with a great secondary like that. He's going to be able to play exactly how he wants to play. 
And uh, I expect him to come out and have a great first season as a Chicago Bear. And I don't think it's a stretch to say that the secondary, even as far as the starters go, is a better secondary than last season. Obviously, we're going to miss Prince Mukamara as he is a seasoned NFL veteran. Um, but as far as the Haha Clinton Dix upgrade goes, I think Trishon Gibson is a big upgrade from Haha Clinton Dix specifically because he gives you a lot more at the line of scrimmage. And then he's also just as good as a probably even better of some a player in pass coverage. So with Trishon Gibson, I'm ex- extremely excited for him coming this season. Um, and then also Jalen Johnson, of course. Uh, I believe that he has the opportunity to play better than Prince Muka play Amuka Mara played last year. So high hopes for the secondary. My third and final breakout candidate is one I really considered not putting, but then I kind of recognize that this list is more about players that could break out. I'm not saying that all of them will break out. It's just a list of players to watch out for. And my final one, you know, after these press conferences are Mitchell Trubisky. I think that if everything he says is true, he's going to have a big year. Now, quarterbacks and NFL head coaches are notorious for lying about that stuff. So go. I wouldn't say that you should uh, really you know, plan on that occurring, just as the Bears haven't really planned on that occurring. But um, he's, he's going to do pretty, pretty well, I believe. I, I believe he's going to have a pretty good season. We might see him actually fight off Nick Foles if he made these improvements that he's claiming to have made. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go into it too extensively because we could be right back here for another half an hour breaking down Mitchell Trubisky. So I'm going to keep a long story short and say that, yeah, if these improvements that are speculated are going to happen um, uh, and he's going to make some massive improvements this coming year, then yeah, he's going to be a hold off Nick Foles and definitely will be a breakout candidate. Could certainly put up one of his best years. Now, whether or not that will happen, that's obviously the key question. It's the one that everyone's been asking. There's a lot of eyes on Mitchell Trubisky. The media is all over this man, and for good reason. You know, he's the starting quarterback on one of the biggest teams in the NFL that has had kind of a maligned, you know, an interesting history with this with this organization as for, you know, how good he's been playing up a decent season in 2018 and then kind of laying an egg last season. So certainly one to look out for. And my third pick was kind of one I went back and forth on as well. I, I you know, my, my third pick is Jimmy Graham. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a huge Jimmy hmm. Graham fan. I never have been a huge Jimmy Graham fan. Um, someone that often picks up a lot of injuries, someone that, you know, in recent years hasn't really produced to where, you know, whether or not he's been on the Packers um, or the Seahawks hasn't really quite put up the numbers that he ever quite did in New Orleans when he was so prolific. I think the expectations, you know, not contract-wise, he got a very nice contract, but I think the expectations from some of the fans are so low that maybe Jimmy Graham can come out and surprise you with, you know, at least being efficient in the red zone and being a target on you know probably key third down conversion plays I, I think that he can be someone that's making some pretty crucial catches and some pretty crucial moments in the game so with that being said I think he can be a breakout candidate and at least in use and what people expect out of him this year I think that when it's the crucial when it's the crunch time moment of the games that Jimmy Graham as long as he's healthy um, as long as he's in game shape could be out there making some very important plays you know, with Jimmy Graham, we talk extensively about how he probably wasn't worth his contract, and I stick by that. But I don't think that, you know, obviously the Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet duo is a bad duo. I actually think that's a really good duo, and I think that we're going to see a really high-level productivity from this position that we haven't seen in a couple of years. Jimmy, as far as Jimmy Graham goes, though, I'm not really going to get too much into Cole Komet. I think this is the first time that he has been in a situation that really fits him. And I know everyone always makes it out like, oh, he's just never been used right and this and this and that. And I'm, you know, I don't really buy into that. I think obviously if a couple coaches, I think he's had like, what, like three coaches or like five or six offense coordinators in these with the past two teams he's been with. When you, when that's a consistent trend, it, it starts to reflect more on the player than it does on the organization. But I do have to say that it seems like Ryan Pace really put him in the best position for him to succeed because 
we are going to be using him as a true move tight end. He's not going to be the, you know, classic, you know, big guy. We're not going to make him block. That's why we drafted Cole Komet, right? He's going to be used in more of a Trey Burton-esque role and just have the added feature of height. We're probably going to have him in the, you know, the end zone boxing out, just basic basic stuff like that that you know a lot every tight end does but he's mainly going to be used for that move tight end role so i'm i have hope for him there and also he was brought in by the guy who advocated very highly for the saints to draft him which was ryan pace ryan pace clearly likes something about jimmy graham and feels that he knows the ways in which he needs to be used in order to put him in the best position to succeed. And this isn't the first time that Ryan Pace has brought in an NFL outcast and gave them a big season. You look at Prince of Mukamara. Prince of Mukamara's career was practically over when he came to the Chicago Bears. People were mocking the Bears for the signing. He signed a one-year, I believe it was $7 million contract with us. Played pretty damn good on that season and ended up getting a three-year contract for us and we ended it one year short to go out and get a you know younger player but Prince of Mukamara was a valuable piece for this Bears defense and the 2018 historically great Bears defense so and then you look at other guys right like like um haha Clinton Dix another guy that Ryan Pace helped you know resurge in the NFL and just Ryan Pace has a history of bringing in you know, guys who are veterans that, you know, they they had a little bit of a down year, getting good value on them and then having them, you know, have a great year. But in this case, they might he might just be missing out on the good value. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I think we have to see with Graham. I think, yeah, like he said, clearly Pace likes something, you know, about his play. And, and there is a lot to like when he's playing at his best. And it's just going to be a matter, of, a matter of the Bears getting that best out of him. Yeah, man, absolutely. And it's kind of crazy that every single time we do one of these podcasts, we tend to end it really within about a 10-minute frame. Like We, we tend to just create our, uh, our little uh, lineups, and they just seem to really turn out about the same time every single time, no matter how many topics we pack in, no matter how little topics we pack in. So... Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Bear Necessities Podcast. Uh, obviously, we'll be coming back at you guys this Wednesday, and we appreciate all of your guys' love and support. If you could please send us to any of your Chicago Bears fans, just say, hey, check out the podcast. Or, you know, I like how they do this. I like how they do that. And then also leave us a five-star review and then a, a written rating. It would help us out tremendously. I don't think you guys know how much it helps us out, and especially if you're listening to this point currently we appreciate you so greatly so uh reese any final comments before we end the show no thank you all for your continued support always appreciate it and uh bear down bear down guys